0: Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 73, of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam. You can reach me at the Real27Guy on Instagram or at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email me there. Again, welcome to another episode, guys. We're we're crushing it. This is our fifth week in a row, doing it exactly as we want to. Today's episode is sponsored by PWCC. PWCC, later in the episode, we will dive a little bit into their weekly auction and their premiere auction. What you've got to know is that this week, 13,000 items end on their weekly on Sunday, and then the following week on Thursday, over 100 items will end at the premiere auction that Jeremy Lee and I will cover on his Sports Cards Live YouTube channel. Um, That's something that we've been doing now for two years. It's always a blast. Jeremy is one of the smartest people in the whole hobby and somebody who I um, uh, have great respect for, and his channel is fantastic. And we have a lot of people who join the show while the auction's going on. People ask questions, leave comments, give their insights, have us look at specifics on cards. Um, Definitely would love to have you join us for that show. Um, But we'll take a look at a few of my favorite items ending in the next couple weeks later on in the show. As for this show... um, Let's get to that soon, or let's get to that now. Earlier today, um, I met with Basketball Card Nerd, or the Basketball Card Nerd. um, Kirk, he uh, had me on his show. Um, I think he's going to post it sometime soon. I saw that he posted on his Instagram that he was doing that, and so uh, watch out for for that here uh, coming up. We talked for over an hour, and we had a great conversation And he really jogged my memory on something that I've wanted to do an episode on. Um, I have a little list of of all the episodes that I want to do, and this is one of them. Um, The last episode, I talked about having an episode on the cards that I had made the most money on. I thought more and more about that. I kind of felt like it doesn't really interest me to talk about that. So unless somebody out there says, Adam, you really need to do that episode, I'm really interested to hear it, I'm not going to do it. So... My, I guess my rule of thumb is if I don't really want to do it and you guys don't really want me to do it then I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I think that this is kind of a, a cool idea and the the idea behind this show is how to buy something from somebody who doesn't want to sell that thing. <laughs> so I told um, I told Kirk a story that I will tell um, more briefly here and then what I want to do is I want to break down some of the lessons that I learned from the story. Um, and so Um, this, this story is when I sold my 1961 Fleer Wilt Chamberlain uh, rookie autograph. Um, when I sold it, there were only a couple of them in the world. I believe there were only two on the population at that point. It might've been three. I might be misremembering that, but, um, there were only a few of them and I didn't ever intend to sell it. And then I did sell it to a prominent collector and um, I don't have any regrets about that because I feel like he needed it more than I do, more than I did. Um, but now I look at my collection and think, man, I really wish I had that card. Um, I like it because it's a key card of Wilt. It's really rare. It's really important, and it's really desired by a lot of collectors. And so when I look back at what he did that enabled him to get that card for me. And I think about other times that it's happened. Um, Here's a few other instances, by the way. I'll I'll just give a few. Um, The 2014 Eminence Kobe Bryant Championship Tag Auto Inscription numbered out of two. Another card that I acquired that I never thought I'd sell. Um, This was back in 2015, obviously way before Kobe passed away. Um, 2016, I should say. um, And... uh, and I didn't, I wasn't the Kobe collector then that I am now. If I acquired that card now, you can bet there's no way it would go anywhere. But when I bought it, I didn't anticipate selling it. And I did. Um, a PMG Red of Dennis Rodman that I sold to my very good friend, Black Griffin Cards. Hopefully he's listening to this episode. I didn't intend on selling that, but he, he talked me into it. Um, these three instances, along with many others, represent the times that I sold something that I didn't intend on selling, and so I want to share with you the sort of ingredients that came into play for why the people who bought those cards were able to acquire the card. So I'm gonna give you a bunch of a bunch of like steps in this process. Okay, <laughs> things that you need to do to acquire cards from people who don't want to sell them. So step number one is uh, for me. Easily the biggest one, and that is that I have to believe I am selling a card to somebody who wants to own the card so that they can just have it for their collection. I have no desire as a person with a collection to sell you a card that you're gonna turn around and sell to somebody else. Doesn't do me any doesn't do me any good to do that. Um, I want I, I'm motivated by knowing that I'm gonna help somebody. And so in the case of the 1961, Mike was putting together the PSA DNA registry set. And he needed the card. It was the toughest card in the set as far as, or it's the biggest card in the set, not the toughest card. Um, He needed it, he knew he needed it, and I knew he needed it. And I knew if he didn't get it from me, he wouldn't get it from anybody else. Um, In the case of the Kobe Bryant, it was going to the biggest Kobe Bryant collector in the world. And in the case of the Dennis Rodman, I was selling it to somebody who was the biggest Rodman collector out there, um, who who wanted this card more than anything, and was was clear about that. So step number one is you need to let people know that you are a collector and that you want to own the card. Um, step number two is you have to be kind. Okay, you have to approach the person who you're buying the card from and, and be really just a kind person. If I am listening to you and I realize and I think that you're not somebody who who is some somebody who I want to interact with. If I don't like you, I'm probably not going to sell you the card. In fact, I've had times where I've been offered more money by somebody who I didn't like and not sold it to that person because that person was was abrasive and difficult. Um, somebody who wasn't pleasant to be around. So step number two is you have to be kind. Step number three and oh, this is so crucial guys. Step number three is you can't you can't approach somebody and say, hey, I'm really interested in this card. are you interested in selling? And then they say no and then you say, well, but come on, I'm really interested blah 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 and then you get them to say, okay, yeah, like let's talk about it and then you ask them what the price is, okay? This is a huge no-no. When you want to acquire a big card and the person has no interest in selling it, it is, I would say, incumbent upon you, the potential buyer, to make an offer. And obviously, a stronger offer is more likely to lead to a sell. In the case of all three cells that I'm talking to you about right now, all three of them were cases where the person who was buying it made a very strong offer and I didn't need to ask them to make the offer. I, if I have an offer in front of me, am far more likely to accept that than when somebody says, why don't you go do the due diligence on what this card is worth? I don't wanna go do that. I've got all sorts of things I wanna do with my time. I don't wanna go look up what something's gonna, gonna need to sell for, right? I'm telling you that not because I'm like, not because I'm prideful or because I'm arrogant about it, but because I just don't like doing that. You wanna make it as easy as you possibly can On the potential seller, give them a good price and make it really worth their while, right? Now, after you've done each of those three things, right, you've proven you're a collector, you've proven you're kind, and you've made a really great offer, follow up. This is step number four follow up quickly and often, okay? Like when somebody makes me an offer on something and I'm considering it. A lot of times I won't say yes just because I let it sort of come out of my mind. I don't continue thinking about it. But you're dealing directly with somebody here, right? They come back to you and they say, is there anything else that I need to do here? Is there anything I can do to make you feel comfortable, right? And that really leads me to step number five, which is meet them on their terms, okay? What do I mean meet them? That may mean meeting them in person. But what it more likely means is how do they want to receive payment? Do they want PayPal? Do they want Venmo? Do they want cash? Do they want to meet somewhere physically? Do they want a wire? What is it that they want? Now, this person also could potentially be a scammer, so you can't put yourself out there in such a way where you you still have risk, right? Even with somebody who's very well-known in the hobby, you want to make sure you protect yourself, but that's not what we're talking about right now. You guys already know all of that. What we're trying to do is trying to create a way for them that they may say yes, okay. And here's here's another one. Um, this this is another another step or another another card that I had that, that leads me to step number six. Okay, with step number six, I had a um, 2002 finest gold refractor of Michael Jordan in a BGS nine holder, and MK Sports Cards really wanted it. I saw he's he's written about this too. Um, I saw him at the national. He did what he could to try to get it from me. I told him I had no interest in selling it. And then he kept coming back to me over and over again. And I don't know how long it was later, but much, much later, he had a really good idea. And that is that he offered me the 2012 Carl Malone Prism Gold. He knows that I'm a huge Carl Malone fan. Uh, he knew that and he knew that I was a big 2012 Prism fan. And so that, along with the fact that I really needed cash at that point to buy a big Kobe Bryant card that I was buying, that was what influenced me at that point. To buy that or to sell that Michael Jordan card, um, and those other those other things were true for MK too. I knew he was a collector. He was kind, right, and he made me he made me a strong offer, and, and he followed up a lot. So, all of these are are instances, and these are these are really these are really the steps. So, um, follow up, and then number six is um, I didn't I didn't write this down beforehand. It's it's offer something that is like persuasive to your collection um so in that situation i was getting everything that i needed from mk i needed cash i needed um i needed a specific card um you right. Know, i wanted a specific card and so when you do all of these things you will get people who were not anticipating selling the cards you will get them to actually at least for me i, I guess i i shouldn't i shouldn't claim that this is like an all-encompassing thing. It doesn't work on everybody. I've tried several things with collectors where there's a card I really want. There's a specific card I've been trying to get for literally a decade, and I've tried everything with this guy. And in the end, he's he just wants three times what it's worth. And although I'm willing to come strong with a strong offer, I, I don't have my, the ability to mentally put off totally what it's worth. Um, and so I've been unable to do that. I also... Um, our friend spinatron i've approached him about a couple cards through times and there's just there's nothing that i can do to to get him to sell the cards to me that i really want but that's because those are really important cards to him too um so uh with that said for me if you do those six things you will at least if you did that with me i would be more likely to sell the card to you and my guess is that if you did those things with other people you would be more likely to um to acquire those cards. So with that said, those are my steps on how to buy something from someone who does not want to sell it. Okay, let's do a super quick dive into the PWCC auction. Uh, As I said, this this week there are 13,000 items ending. Those 13,000 items aren't all basketball, obviously, but there are a few cards in the weekly that I think are really interesting and Um, I thought I could look at those things with you guys right now. So one thing that I do to see what the really cool cards are that are in the auction is I go to pwccmarketplace.com, click weekly auction. After you click weekly auction, you can sort by, or you can hit the basketball radio button and then also just hit the specific auction that's live, which is week number 74. And then the thing that I do is I sort by highest first. Um, this, you know, isn't a perfect way to do it because you don't want just the cards that have. Oh, a ton of bids on them already, but it's a cool way to see some of the really neat cards that are up. When you do that, something really interesting is going to happen, and you're going to see three cards that you never would have dreamed seeing as the most expensive cards in the auction. A Bailey Howell, Lloyd Peterson, and Jim Davis, 1969 Tops cards, all PSA 10s, all right now are at $20,000, $18,000, and $15,500. Guys, somebody, I believe, I don't know this, somebody is selling High grade, high grade, sixty nine set, one at a time, and it's fascinating to watch because these are cards that are pop one, pop two, and they are selling like bananas. There's those ones that I just mentioned. There's also Henry Finkel at thirteen thousand. That's a pop four card. Bob Boozer's thirteen thousand. It's a pop three card. But also towards the top of this auction right now are a few really interesting cards. There's a Kobe Bryant, nineteen ninety six finest with Peel. Um, It's at 15500 This is a POP19. It doesn't say this on the outside, but I looked it up yesterday. 96 finest is interesting because PSA delineates on their POP report between cards that have peel and cards that don't. I'm a big peel-on guy. If you've listened to me for a long time, you know that. I want that card as it came in the pack. Some people say it looks a lot better. I know it looks a lot better. I wrote all about this in PCF a couple of years ago it depends on what you care most about and i care about the card not being um, adjusted from when it came out of the pack i want it to look like what it did when it came out of the pack people will say well you know that that you were supposed to peel it and to that i always respond the same way you were supposed to uh, perforate the 1980 tops cards you don't do that to the 80 tops cards you don't peel the 96 finest cards um Top 19 is very low for what I consider a top four um, rookie card of Kobe Bryant, along with the EX Credentials, Chrome Refractor, and Flare Showcase Legacy, Row Zero. Um, also towards the top, some other cards that are really interesting. The Kobe Bryant um, uh, Tops Chrome in a PSA 9. This is a card that we we usually have seen in the Premiere, but a lot of cards that qualified Premiere are now going to the Weekly, which I really like, personally, because... Um, you know, they don't quite get as much attention. Sometimes you get good deals. Um, speaking of which, I got a really good card on last weekly auction. It was a Kevin Garnett Super Fractor from 2007. I forgot to write this down in my notes, but I did want to talk about it a little bit. So I'll do that and then hit just a few more cards and then we'll call this episode done. So why would I spend 10 rand on a Kevin Garnett card? Well, there's a few reasons. One is that Kevin Garnett's one of the players of the era. He has a huge following. And, but his his prices often don't line up with, I think, how popular he is. Um, I already have what I would consider his best Panini era card, his 2012 Gold Prism, number 5 of 10. And I have his, um, his Metal Universe Championship uh, PMG, which is one of his best 90s cards. And I have his uh, upper deck autograph with the big three, Kobe, LeBron, and MJ um, from Ultimate Collection. And so to add a really crazy cool tops card really covers my bases on all four of the manufacturers and gives me like four of the best Garnet cards out there. The other thing is that he won championship in 07 or in 07, 08 with Celtics. And so he only has three Celtics era, um, super fractures. That's it. Just the three base cards. Um, that's 07, 08 and 09. And you know, if you, you know you might not agree on that with, with this but when i think about it i think about the the chrome super Fracture being like one of the cards of of, a, of an era for a player if you wanted a big time kobe bryant card from an era from that era from tops that's the biggest one you could have um if you wanted the same thing for lebron that's what you would have these guys had super that started in 04 and stopped in 09 that's six years and so whenever you get a chance at one, it's huge. But 07 and 08 are easily the best photography years. They are artwork. And so I was shocked that it came to open auction, and I'm thrilled that I won it. Absolutely thrilled that I won it. Okay, back to the cards. There's a Vince Carter Chrome Refractor in a PSA 10, the rookie. Not a card you see very often because of the off-centering issues. Um, so that card's super sweet, too. You also have the 06 Jambalaya LeBron, that's the third Jambalaya, but still moves in the background like it's supposed to. Another crazy cool card, and a card that I think a lot of people are going to... This will be my last one in the weekly. A card that I think a lot of people are going to find really interesting, the Jamal Murray Prism Gold Rookie Card in a BGS 9.5. As you know, those cards are um, serial number to 10. Jamal Murray and the Nuggets literally last night won the NBA championship and you have to think about Jamal Murray in a little bit of a different way. I don't know that the market has thought about him in that way as the market's done all sorts of crazy things recently. Might give, might have given you an opportunity to find Jamal Murray at a lower price than you'd normally see him at after having just won a championship. One of the best guards in the NBA today. All right, now I want to go look at the Premier Auction, which ends next Thursday, and just hit three quick items. The first card that I want to hit, and I'm could say three cards that I'm interested in bidding on. So I may be bidding on all these, one of these or none of these. We'll see how high they go. The Kobe Bryant 97 rubies. Do yourself a favor, click on that item, click on that card, go look at the 360 degree view of it and just turn it side to side. That's called the amoeba pattern on that card. You've got a great kobe was just so photogenic a great image of kobe just in a dribble stance but he looks athletic and long and um cards are card, cards currently at thirty thousand dollars plus buyer's premium so obviously it's not cheap but it is one of the kobe cards from the era and i think that one will be really interesting to see how it does the other, another card that i'm very interested in and, and did some content on and might be bidding on is the 04 exquisite duel with lamar odom Clearly, Lamar Odom hurts Kobe on this card. But having said that, LeBron, or sorry, Kobe has very few teammates that would be as important to have on a card as as Lamar Odom. Played with him for seven years, won two championships with him. Um, the fact that this was the very first dual logo man autograph set is important. These are all really crucial things, guys. And um, if you want a real Logoman auto of Kobe Bryant, this might be the best way to do it. And the fact that it's from a set that's a significant is the 04 set, I think is really cool. All right, last card of the day, I believe is on page number two. Bear with me, not good podcasting technique. Ah, yes, here it is. The other card that I'm considering bidding on is the 03 Ultimate Collection LeBron James Rookie Patch Auto. It's graded to 75 could not care less about that in any way. Um, the autograph is really nice, bright blue. The patch on this is really is really good. Jeremy and I have covered a few of these in the premiere, and they, they're almost always one color. This one is three color. Um, the corners are hit are hit as a seven, and the edges are an eight. Again, I don't care on these thick these thicker upper deck cards. In fact, for me, I might even say I prefer them because we've seen such issues with trimming over the years when you see a card that has poor edges and corners that means that somebody hasn't trimmed it down right or at least that means that the card is less likely to be trimmed um i um is it number one of 25 too i think it is guys sorry again bad radio or bad uh bad podcasting by me i think this is one of 25 To me, that's really cool. Some people don't care about the the serial number. I really care. Oh, it's 21 of 25. You know what? I can't even tell. No, it is one of 25, guys. Holy crap. That is a freaking card right there. I love this card. Do they say anything about it in the... Yep, they do. Such as this example of LeBron's limited offering, which... Sports, the bookend one of 25 serial numbers. It's probably gonna sell for way too much, but guys, I'm telling you what—if there was a big-time LeBron rookie that I wanted to buy, that would be it. So I've told you my three favorite cards in the auction. Probably pump the price on them too much. Um, just kidding. I don't. I, I would hope that nobody is just bidding on cards because they're listening to me talk. But those—those those are the three. Those are the three cards that are in the auction that I'm most interested in. And um, now that I don't work uh, full-time at PWCC anymore, I now have the ability to. Bid on them. So I will look at I will look at doing that. With that said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, if you are a subscriber to Basketball Card Fanatic, um, the issues from the printer should be going out this week. They should arrive at the end of this week or early next week. Um, check those out when they get there. Um, if you are not a subscriber to Basketball Card Fanatic, we do thirty-two to thirty-six pages every month. This month is thirty-six. We were super long, and um, I. Talked to Gene McLeod of Arena Design and wrote a piece on my own that was very long. And between those two things alone, we were already a long issue. But between those and the community pieces and all the good things uh, in in each episode or in, in each issue, you get to 32 to 36 pages. Um, for as little as $10 a month, you can have a print copy delivered to your door. There are only a few hundred, uh, only about 400 issues that are printed each month it's not like there are thousands of these things and so um, come join the bcf army bcfmag.com again that's bcfmag.com thank you again to our first sponsor uh, i should say our second sponsor pwcc the pwcc marketplace go check out those items that we talked about today Uh, until i see you guys next until i see you guys next time happy collecting.